Welcome back to the Godly Dating 101 podcast. Hopefully I can get this to work on YouTube. So if you're watching this, please subscribe, like the channel, comment below, let us know some suggestions that you have. But if you're only hearing this on a podcast app, then please go ahead and subscribe. Give it five-star ratings if you're on Apple Podcasts. And yeah, let's just jump straight into this. Today we have episode 45, which is tips to overcome impure thoughts. Something just fell off the table and nothing was falling before, whatever. Um, But I want to dive straight into it because I feel like this is something that a lot of people struggle with. You know, I'm making the video and I don't think I've overcome all my impure thoughts. You know what I mean? So I would, I want to give you guys practical tips that I believe that has helped me help other believers and will help you as well. Um, um, Let's dive straight in. The first thing I want to say is reading and studying your Bible. And I say that because I honestly believe that Bible illiteracy is one of the things killing this generation. And I say that because a lot of people, you know, that we get off on social media and we we post these quotes and we we say our feelings and everything that comes in mind, people are spewing it out. However, when you ask someone, okay, why do you believe that? They have no Bible verse to support it. Or when you ask someone, how do they know they're saved? They don't know where in the Bible it points to salvation. You know, so it's like a lot of people are comfortable, you know, being content with being saved, but they're not, we don't, we don't, we don't understand that just because we're content being saved doesn't mean that we shouldn't have a desire for spiritual growth. We should be willing to seek God. We should be willing to get into his word in order to grow. And I think it's easy for us, um, to lose sight of God. I think it's easy for the devil to get us to lose sight of Jesus Christ, you know, because all he has to do is simply distract us from our word, you know? So we have people, myself included, you know, spending hours on social media, spending hours with entertainment, whether it being Netflix or music or hanging out with friends, all these things. So it's not like the devil can take you from God. You know what I mean? He can't pull you out of God's will. Um, he can pull you out of God's will, but my thing is he typically does that via distractions. So while you're thinking, okay, well, I'm not committing sin like the other person. I'm not doing this like the next person. Yeah, but you're not reading your Bible. And if you're not reading your Bible, then you're not growing. You know, so I don't want us to ever think that we can get too busy, you know, in order to not have time for God. It doesn't matter if your new job, man, they're giving me more hours, man. I didn't have time to read my word. No, you have to be intentional. Read it on your lunch break, read it at your desk, read it at home. Because as often as we like to say, I don't have time, I think quarantine and coronavirus season has taught all of us that it wasn't a matter of time. It was a a matter of priorities because many of us ended up being laid off, ended up having more time at home, ended up with all kinds of situations that would allow us the opportunity to read more, but we spent more time on Netflix and we spent more time on Hulu, you know, so it's just a matter of desiring more, you know, and it's easy for you to hear what I'm saying and think it's a matter of to-do list. Okay. I didn't read my Bible today. Now you're feeling guilty. You want to get into your word. No, it's not a matter of guilt. It's just a matter of relationship because no relationship grows without communication. I can't say I want to grow up my wife, Safa, and then I spend no time with her. I don't talk to her. You know, we're just in the house together, you know, That doesn't sound logical at all, but that's the same thing that we do in our walks with God. God saved us. He delivered us from sin, but we go right back to it. Why? Because we're entertaining the thoughts um, that come into our mind. We're entertaining these urges rather than entertaining the presence of God. So God doesn't want us to simply 
say, man, I can't overcome these temptations or man, that's just how I am. No, no, no. You don't have to give in to how I am. That's why Jesus says to deny yourself, deny your flesh, come after him. You have to pick up your cross daily. But how do you know that, you know, if you're not getting into the word of God? And when we look at people like Eve, Eve was deceived because she didn't know fully what God wanted her to do. God said, don't eat of that tree. Eve said, don't eat or touch it. But God never told her that. And when you have a wrong understanding of the word of God, you will be deceived because a lie always sounds like the truth. All the devil has to do is put a little bit of the truth in there and get you falling into deception. And we look at Psalms 119 verse 9. It says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. <clears throat> if you want to know how to cleanse your ways, the Bible says you have to obey what's written inside of it. You know, so how do I obey what I don't know? How do I listen to something that I've never heard? You know, you can't submit to the word of God if you don't know what's in the word of God. You know, so we have to take the time to be intentional in our growth because Ephesians 5 and 26 tells us that we are washed by the word. So many times we, we, it, none of, not one lady right now listening or one, one of the brothers right now, if somebody say they're interested in you and they smell funky, like kicking, musty, they just smell just off. Like they just left the gym. It's like, okay, cool. You just left the gym. You about to go shower. But no, they continually smell like that. None of you would keep going. None of you would entertain that person or none of you would want to be that person. Why? Because you know you have to get showered. You have to take a, you have to take a bath. You know, so the same way we put soap and water on our bodies, the same way we put the word of God on us, because the word of God is going to wash us from these thoughts, wash us from these urges. And that's what we have to be praying every day. Like, God, wash me from the things that I'm trying to pursue. Because in Psalm, back to Psalm 119, verse 11, it says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So we have to understand that while I may read the Bible and eh, this doesn't really relate to me today, it might relate to you tomorrow. It might relate to you next month when that temptation gets there, because you don't want to wait until a lustful thought comes in your mind for you to know I'm going to choose purity. You need to choose purity now so that when temptation arises, you've already had a made up mind because you shouldn't be going based off what's convenient or what what opportunity is risen. But you need to be going off of the covenant you have with God willing to submit to him, willing to pursue him despite what temptations may come. So don't wait until, you know, you're at the bank to say, I'll never rob a bank. No, I'm not going to rob a bank, period. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't wait till, you know, something is right there. Like, oh, you don't wait till someone is sending you naked pictures for you to say, I'm not going to commit fornication. No, you say that prior to that conversation. So the conversation doesn't get that far. So we have to understand that it's important to get into the word of God. And I know many of you listening right now are wondering how to read the Bible or where to start. And I'm sure that'll require its own episodes. So I won't get into too much into that. But I do have a resource for you all. Things like the Upper Room Daily Devotional Guide. You can count on the Upper Room Daily, um, Upper Room for Daily Inspiration, Daily Community, Prayer. And it's the only daily devotional scripture um, magazine that's written by fellow believers. You, it's not like it's something that's by one specific church. You know, it's believers all around the world all denominations just pouring in the word of God. It's not like it's pushing my beliefs or pushing your beliefs. No, it's pushing the word of God. And I think we get too caught up in denominations that we forget about truth of scripture. You know, so it's put in by ordinary people living for God. And Upper Room here, Upper Room is here for you every day through your email, a custom app, or you could get a printed magazine. So enjoy a 30-day free trial of the app or the email service by visiting upperroom.org. That's U-P-P-E-R 
R-O-O-M dot org slash welcome to get your first 30 days free. And I'll put the link in the description box so you can check that out. Yeah, so not only do we need to make an emphasis on the Bible, because a lot of people like myself, I didn't mind reading. reading Reading is my thing. You know what I mean? So I'll read the Bible a lot, but at the same time, I won't pray as much as I should. You know, so I think it's very easy to get comfortable, you know, without having a balance. But secondly, I believe that in order to overcome these impure thoughts, you need to have a prayer life. And I say that because prayer is communicating with God. And like I mentioned previously, you can't grow in a relationship where there is no communication. You can't grow in a relationship whereas you're neglecting your time with God. You're not spending time with him as you should. But when you spend time with God, God is able to help you. God is able to strengthen you. God is able to um, pour back into you because we all will get weak. But as you see God, God will begin to strengthen you. And I know it's easy. I think it's probably the most difficult thing, especially for new believers um, when they're praying because you're praying and you're feeling like, man, like, man, is this working? <laughs> you know, it's like you don't hear a quick response. It's not like you hear something in your, your ear. You know what I mean? Like, man, am I speaking in tongues? Am I speaking gibberish? You know, all these thoughts can come in your head. But I want you to understand that praying is never something that's done in vain. My, I believe it's Miles Moreau that said, spending time with God is not time wasted. It's time invested. So even when you don't feel as though something is happening currently, you don't feel goosebumps. No, the spirit of God is still working inside of you that you're still growing despite how you may feel. Um, so when, back to the marriage um, comparison, there's no good marriage without good communication. There's no healthy relationship, healthy business, healthy anything without proper communication. So prayers, the reading the Bible is how God is speaking to us and praying is us speaking to him. So it's something that we have to do. It has to be an exchange. We cannot neglect reading the word because ladies right now, if I told you, if I told a lady I'm single, Hey, I'm interested in you. And she's like, okay, cool. You know? And then I never texted her again, never FaceTime, never called, never send an email, nothing. And it's not like I'm on deployment now. I just, so imagine if I'm, I went on another deployment and I just left my wife hanging. It's like, you're not serious. There is no way on, on God's green earth, you know, that you say you're interested and you're not communicating with me. And that's why Jesus said comments like these people draw nigh me with their mouth, but their hearts are far from me because you're just trying to do stuff to look saved. But you're not actually spending time with me. Yeah, you go to church, but do you know me? You know, and that's what we need to know. That is not about how much tongues you speak in. It's about your relationship with God. It's not about all the cool things you post on social media, all the sermons you preach, but What's the point of preaching and not praying? What's the point of witnessing and telling someone, hey, Jesus changed my life, and then you never go talk to God? Like, there's a broken relationship that's there. I want to read these couple verses. I'm getting over a cold, so I sound a little mucusy. I'm sorry, guys. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says this, "Seeing Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So that shows me that all these people that are afraid to approach God because they have sin in their life, it's the devil talking to them. The devil is trying to condemn you because the Bible is saying you need to go to God to get mercy, to get that grace in your time of need. You need to go to God for strength. You need to go to God because the same sins that you're claiming, I'm struggling with lust, I'm struggling with pride, I'm struggling with envy, all these thoughts and all these issues you're battling with, 
Bible mentions that God came on this earth as a man in the name of Jesus Christ. He came as Jesus Christ and he went through all the temptation that you went through. He never sinned, which means we have to depend on him for strength. You cannot overcome sin or you can't overcome the things of this world if you're not spending time with God. It's so easy for us to not spend time with God and then wonder why we don't have any victory, wonder why we don't have any hope. But no, until you spend time with God, there's no growing. <laughs> you know, you have to spend time with God in order to grow. So please understand that it's not a matter of, you know, what you're going through. No, stop being afraid. Spend time with God. The Bible mentions that Jesus had those same temptations. And that shows me that if I see God, that he'll show me how to overcome lust the way that he had to overcome lust. Because you guys think that Jesus wasn't tempted to sin. You guys don't think Jesus was tempted to lie or to attack or to lash out or to cuss people out that were that was stoning him or trying to kill him. You, you didn't think that Jesus had the opportunity to. I know I know it's easy to look like, oh, he's God in flesh. Yeah, but he was a man, still human at the end of the day. He still came down as a human. So he dealt with those feelings and those thoughts that you have. And if you pray and you seek him, he's able to help you through it. When we look at 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, it says this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. That shows me clear as day, guys, that we are in a spiritual battle. None of you, I, I want I want none of you to get the impression as though I can just do whatever I want. You know, it's just a, uh, it's no big deal, you know, what I'm doing. No, you're in a spiritual battle. The enemy's coming to attack you. The enemy wants you to go to hell. You know what I mean? But hell was never created for us. Hell was created for the devil and the fallen angels. But the world, the word mentions, I believe it's in Isaiah, that hell has enlarged its mouth, meaning heaven is not getting any bigger. God has space for all of us. But hell is getting bigger because more people are choosing to go after sin, to choosing to go in after this world. And that's why the Bible was mentioned that you are in a spiritual battle and you're not going to win a spiritual battle with a gun, with an argument, with yelling, with politics, with arguing in Facebook comments. You're not going to win a spiritual battle with those carnal ways. It's not going to happen. But the Bible mentions that our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but it's mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So you can control what's in your mind under the power of the Holy Ghost. I saw somebody use a good example, Jerry Flowers. I want to use something similar. So right now, as you're listening to me speak, I want you to think of a giraffe, right? A giraffe. All right. Don't, don't, don't try to rush through the podcast. Think of a giraffe. All right. Now that you have a picture of a giraffe in your mind, think of a dog. Right now you're looking at the dog. I want you to picture a little chihuahua dog. So your mind just went from a giraffe to a chihuahua. You didn't, when, when I mentioned, think of the dog, you didn't think of the giraffe. You thought of the dog. You know, you switched your, your thought from what was going on. So you have the power to control what's in your mind. The devil wants you to think you have no power. You have no victory. But the Bible mentions that God has given us power. Greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. You have power to overcome all these thoughts. You have power to choose to live for God. It's just a matter of choice. Don't don't say, I had no choice. The devil made me do it. He can't make you do nothing. (laughs) He can't make us do nothing. Like We have the power through God. So when you're tempted, think about things like pornography. You're tempted to think about things like lust. I want you to understand 
that God is with you, God is for you, and God is able to get you through it. So God is able to strengthen you. Never feel as though you can't do these things on your own because God is for you. That means that God is able to get you through it. And if you still feel as though you're struggling, James chapter 1, verse 5 says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. God, I don't know how to get these thoughts out of my mind. God said, okay, ask me. That's what the word is literally saying. I don't know how to overcome pornography and lust. Okay, ask me. And I'll show you through the word. I'll show you through prayer. I'll show you through relationship. You know, so many of us, we're always making excuses, but God is saying that if you seek me, you will find me. You know, so we have to take the time to make those two things um, very important. One thing I want to mention, um, I'm I'm, going to hop around my notes now. (laughs) One thing I want to mention is community. Um, I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast as well, especially when I look at our my comment section sometimes, I know a lot of people don't go to church at all. If they go to church, man, they need to leave the type of churches they go to because it's clear, like I'll say, God doesn't want, let, let's just say I post that God doesn't want you to have premarital sex. The best sex is in marriage, which is a fact and which is biblical. There are some people that will argue, no, 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 who says that God said this? Or who said, and it's just like, your pastors aren't telling you this? Or maybe... They're just not at church. So they said a prayer, probably, you know, sat in their room and, oh, Jesus, I believe in you. Help me to have eternal life, whatever, quote unquote, sinner's prayer that I've never seen in the Bible. Um, The Bible mentions that we had to obey, you know, repent, mentions baptism, mentions being born of water and spirit. Bible mentions turning away from the world. Bible mentions all kinds of things that mentions a heart and a mind change, not necessarily, oh, I said a prayer, I'm good. You know, and that's the problem because I believe that a lot of people they feel as though I said a sinner's prayer, or a lot of people they feel as though, um, well, I'm a good person, so I have to go to heaven, right? Listen, yes, I, I know this is not what this episode is about, so I'm sorry if I, you know, a couple of you already clicked off, but it takes more than being a good person to get eternal life. <laughs> it takes faith, obedience, submission to the will of God, because you can't just say a prayer. You can't just attend one church service, never obey the word of God, never spend time with God and expect to go to heaven. I mean, if you don't like worshiping here, you're not going to like worshiping there. (laughs) You know, if you you avoid a church here, you're going to basically be in church in heaven, (laughs) you know, so it's not like you're going to get away from it. But I don't know. Sorry if I offended you. Really don't care. Um, But when it comes to community, we have to understand that the Bible says to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I believe that's Hebrews 10 and 25. I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. But we should never forsake that gathering that because we're the body of Christ. We have to depend on one another. So that's not me. If I'm the hand, you're listening right now. You're the foot, the person you're going to share this video with or this podcast with, they're the air. Imagine if we just said, man, I don't need an air because I'm a hand. Well, I don't need, I don't need the hand. I'm the foot. Okay. Yeah. You're discombobulated. We need one another. You know, so we're united. We're better when we're connected. The Bible mentions that two are better than one. And Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through 10 says that if one of you fall, that the next one can pick them up. Just like in Galatians, where it says, if a brother be fallen into sin, you restore one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourselves, because I can fall too. So I'm not going to make fun of you if you got thrown to fornication, you got pregnant, you know, you are homosexual or you were smoking or you were drinking. My job is not to condemn you. My job is to help restore you and to push you towards God's will. But you cannot be restored when you won't show that you're broken. Who are you fooling? Why is it that in church that we feel as though we have to pretend to have it all together? You know, and I believe that a lot of people don't understand that. Yes, people will judge you. People are going to be immature at the end of the day, but 
the point of community also brings accountability. So you're saying you're struggling with pornography. Okay, well, I did. So if you if you're not ashamed, you know, I can show you my testimony, I can show you how I overcame. You need accountability to grow, family. You need it. It's not something that we can avoid. No one is going to be able to grow in life without accountability. And if you grow without accountability, everything you gain will fall because you don't have the character to, the character to sustain it. So we need accountability. We need one another. Never isolate yourself because we're always going to be stronger as a team. The Bible mentions one will chase a thousand, two will chase 10,000, which makes no sense from the carnal mindset, because if one person could do a thousand things, two should be able to do 2000 things, right? No, but the Bible says one will do 1000, two will do 10,000, because when we connect, then God is able to multiply. God is able to, to expand bigger than what our minds can comprehend when we connect as the body of Christ. And I think a lot of people that the reason why they don't, you know, uh, one of the things that happen when you don't have that community, it leads into depression. It leads into anxiety. It leads into feeling like I'm all alone. There were many times when you read the Psalms, you'll see David like, oh, his soul is cast down. His heart is heavy. You can see the depression that he's battling. And there's a lot of people in scripture. I believe it's Elijah, who's the prophet, who thought he was the only one serving God. And God is like, no, I have a lot of people that didn't bow down to that false prophet named Baal. I didn't, that didn't bow down to that false God. But it's so easy for us to get so consumed with ourselves that we end up in depression when we're not in community. So if you're one of those people suffering from depression, I want to suggest um, BetterHelp to you guys. BetterHelp is a resource that I love to tell you guys about because I believe we don't prioritize mental health. We don't prioritize having our emotions and being a whole person. We like to work on our spirit. We like to work on our finances. We like to work on even our physical assets, but we don't work on our minds. And that's where the devil comes to attack. So better help is a, is, is there to help you assess your needs, match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be able to connect in a safe and private environment Counselor can be contacted at any time, you know, so it doesn't matter what shift you are. You don't have to feel like you have to get them nine to five. You can reach them anywhere. You know, they're adding counselors in all 50 states because of the influx of people that are tuning in. So if you're someone that's facing depression, stress, anxiety, any type of issue or something along those lines with trauma, then please understand that they're there to help. So I want you guys to check it out if you're one of those people. And if you're one of our listeners, we'd love if you guys sign up. Um, under us because we're giving you the opportunity to get 10% off your first month. That'd be betterhelp.com slash godly. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash godly. One thing I want to talk about that I know is going to probably make some people uncomfortable is your music choices. Yeah, we about to go there just for a little bit. Not, I'm not going to get too deep because I think music is a whole probably series, you know, but music choices determine your outcome. I want to read these two verses from you all. It says, 1 Samuel 16, verse 22, 23, it says, And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took on harp, took in harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. So this mentions here that the music that David played managed to drive an evil spirit away from Saul. So this man, David, was so anointed that he played music that there is a demonic spirit oppressing Saul, attacking Saul. And when David played that harp, whatever the beat was, the 
spirit left him. And bear in mind, I just read the verses now. I want you guys to pay attention to it. It says, it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, meaning God sent that, that spirit to torment Saul. And David's music allowed the spirits to leave, a spirit that God sent. So it's not like, because you can rebuke the devil, but you can't rebuke God. <laughs> like I've never seen anybody do it. Please don't try. You're going to make a fool out of yourself. But you can't rebuke God. But the music was so powerful that God allowed the spirit to leave him because of David's anointed music. And, you know, that shows me that if David's anointed music could push away an evil spirit, then that means your music choices can bring in a demonic spirit or bring in a heavenly spirit because God was the one who allowed that man to be tormented, but godly music drove it out of him. So many of us are thinking, oh, it's just the beat. Oh, it doesn't matter. Ah, I just listened to this in my workout. Ah, you know what I mean? You know, you know, I love listening to that WAP. You know, Drake got a new album and we make all kinds of excuses for the foolishness we want to entertain. But bear in mind, you have to answer to God <laughs> and what you're entertaining brings spirits into your life, into your home. Many of you are wondering why you're battling lust, but all of your music promotes it. Many of you are wondering why you're battling depression, but all of your music promotes it. You're wondering why you're struggling with all kinds of sins and issues, but the music you're listening to promotes it. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying rap music causes violence, but I know it contributes to it. I know when they were doing drive-bys in my neighborhood growing up, they weren't blasting Kurt Franklin driving down the neighborhood. And I know most people, when they're listening, you know, when they're trying to get their bumping and grinding on, they, they're they rather Chris Brown than they'll listen to Brooklyn Tabernacle Mass Choir. You know what I'm saying? Like, please, please understand that music invites a spirit. So while the lyrics may have been harmless, please understand that this, this shows that David's instrumental was what was driving the, the spirits out. And when I heard a preacher say that, there was like the instrumental was what, what saw the spirits were hearing. So we like to say it's just a beat, but there's a spirit that influences these artists. There's a spirit that influences Christian and non-Christian artists. And you have to be careful of the type of music you let into your spirit, because while you're thinking it's just good music, I like good music. Yeah. But that good music is not always God music. And if that thing can pull you out of God's will, it's not good for you. And I'm not saying all secular is wrong. There's a time and place for everything. I get that. But at the same time, what is it doing? Is it glorifying God, your flesh, fornication, drugs, murder? What is it glorifying? Because you can never tell me that I just listened to the song, WAP, Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B, and you felt like praising God after. No, you felt like getting some WAP or giving up some WAP. And neither one of them was God's will for your life. If you ain't married, keep that WAP on lockdown. You hear me? Like, please understand that there is no excuse for what we are entertaining. If God says it's not pleasing to him, it's not pleasing to him. And I want to um, mention this last point, because I think this is probably the part that people don't like the most. Please understand it's perfectly fine to be dramatic, to be to make drastic changes and cut things off. I say that because I feel like as though. You guys feel as though, oh, people are going to judge me and say I'm holier than now. Okay. Now, this is what this is what Jesus' thoughts were on this subject. He says, if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out, cast it from thee. For it's profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and that and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. I get it. Many people don't want to hear this. 
But it's the truth. If watching that show is causing you to think lustful thoughts and driving you to have sex or driving you to do lustful things, then shouldn't you understand it's time to cut the show off? Not let me see how the season ends. You know, I'm already eight episodes in before they started showing all the sex scenes. Uh, All my friends are watching. Everybody on social media is talking about it. It's okay if they have a little bit of gay stuff in it, you know. It's it's okay if he's kissing him and she's kissing her. It's it's okay if they're showing um the the guys naked um naked parts and women's naked. Parts. It's okay. It's no big deal. It's no big deal if I follow such and such on social media. It's <laughs> you guys know I'm telling the truth now. Now don't 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 leave me out on the island by myself as if I'm the only one who's told myself it's no big deal. No, but God is saying it is a big deal. Because he would rather you cut something off and make it into heaven rather than you hold on to it so much and you go to hell. What's the point of you finishing every TV show on Netflix if it's driving you into sin? Shows like Cuties, people are really making excuses for watching that. You know, but at the same time, if it's leading into lust, it's wrong, right? (laughs) You know, like, just just, riddle me this, Batman. Like, I'm trying to figure out the logic behind that. If it's causing me to stumble, and it's causing me to turn away from God. There is no justification for it. So please understand when Jesus said, cut off your right hand. He's not saying you just masturbated with your right hand, cut that right hand off. No, he said, cut off the thing that was the root of it. That show, that conversation, that person, that social media thing you're, you're entertaining, the people you're following, cut it off because it's better to go to heaven with a pure heart, pure mind, rather than wow following all these people that are leading you into sin and going to hell, you know, what are you going to achieve out of that? You know, so I think it's easy for us to make excuses, but I think that all of that, all of that is just a disgrace and we need to do better as Christians. We need to do better as Christians and we need to um, be realistic and honest with ourselves, really take into account is this thing hurting me? Because I'm a fitness person. I love working out, but at the same time, I have to know when, Oh, you know, following that fitness person, this person is inspirational, and I have to know the fine line between that's inspirational and this person half naked. And even if it's a dude, like, bro, what is that for? Because my issue is like, I was just on social media. I think I was in, I think I was at church. Maybe I was just in public somewhere. I don't know. But somebody just posted something crazy on my timeline. Like, I can't determine what other people wear. You know what I mean? So it's some stuff that can catch you off guard. But it's just the fact that it's like. Really? Y'all posting this half naked girls out here promoting their um only fans, fans only, whatever it's called, getting money for showing their naked, you know, for showing nudes like that's a disgrace. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, if I'm following these people on social media and the thing pop up on my timeline, if someone walks by, say it was my pastor that walked by, he's going to probably be thinking, oh, so you think pornography is cool, even in the house of God? Like you, you. You, you are that bold with it. You know what I mean? And many of us would be embarrassed if it happened there. But at the same time, shouldn't we be embarrassed to know that God is watching us watch pornography? Shouldn't we know that these lustful thoughts are in our mind because of all the things we're entertaining? You know, the devil can suggest something to you. It's up to you to entertain that thought. It's, it's a, it becomes a sin once you entertain that thought and try to act on it, you know, but we have to understand that it's okay to cut things off. You know, the Bible mentions in Hebrews 12 and 1, Wherefore, seeing we are all, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the, sin, and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And I believe that a lot of times many of us know the sins that we need to let go of, 
yeah, I shouldn't be having sex. I shouldn't be smoking and drinking and partying and cussing people out and gossiping or being rude in my our group chat and slandering people. I know I shouldn't be doing all that, God. But God said, what about those weights in your life? Things that may not necessarily be sin, but they're holding you down. They're stopping you from growing. You ever seen a track athlete run in Tim's? No, because that's not the lightest thing on them. And God is saying many of you are picking up heavy burdens and you can't run the race before you the way that you're supposed to because you're carrying things that you shouldn't be carrying. So yeah, Netflix may not be a sin, but did it lead you in a sin because you're watching something you shouldn't have been watching, giving you thoughts you shouldn't have had? Yeah, having that person as a friend is not a sin, but are they pulling you out of God's will? Are they encouraging lust, fornication, you leaving the church? Are they doing all these things? You know, So you have to understand that it's okay to be tempted. It's not okay when we make excuses for why we're entertaining the temptation. And there's some things that literally may never be black and white. This is a sin, but it can lead you from God's will. I believe it's 1 Corinthians 10 that says, all things are lawful, meaning you can do anything, but all things are not expedient, meaning all things aren't good for me. So yes, you may be able to watch that, do that, entertain that, but is it good for your spirit? That's the real question. So if you made it to the end of this podcast, or if I managed to get this up on YouTube, because for whatever reason, the audio is always tripping on me, please subscribe, give this a thumbs up, share it with a friend. We appreciate you guys. And if you want access to these videos, these podcasts early, subscribe to our Patreon. Join the family, support the ministry. We're planning on starting a sermon series soon. And man, the equipment is expensive. <laughs> you know, so show some love on the Patreon. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, man, be blessed. See you next Thursday. Peace.